Good morning, everyone. Hope you're well. And uh, just want to extend uh, a happy Father's Day message to all our fathers. So happy Father's Day. And um, yeah, be blessed. So this morning, I want to, for those of you who um, were around when I shared this word two weeks ago, so I want to conclude this word, um, which is called The Secret Place. So I want to do that um, today. But also, uh, I want to welcome all our guests, so those visiting us um, either for the first time or you're joining us again, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Um, and I pray you're blessed by the service today. So I'm just going to open up in prayer and I'm going to uh, go into the word this morning. Father, we thank you once again for your presence and for your spirit being with us. I pray, Lord God, that as you are with us in our homes, Lord, that you will just um, have liberty, help us to uh, draw closer to you. Speak to us, oh God, through this word and help us, oh God, to know you more. I pray, oh God, that Lord, as a result of this word, that every single one of us, Lord God, will have a deeper relationship with you and that Lord, that you will help us, Heavenly Father, God, to know you even more. So we thank you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the word that I shared two weeks ago, I said I want to conclude it. Um, title is called The Secret Place. So today really is like part two and the concluding part of, of, of this word. Um, so by way of week recap, I just want to very quickly uh, just kind of recap some of the things that I shared. And then I want to continue from where, from where I left off. So one, one of the things that I said was that the important thing to note about the secret place or the safe place um, and I'll go into what, what, uh, the terminology, um, is that this secret place is a place for people to be protected, to be liberated, and simply to find ourselves as children of God. You know, I spoke about different examples in the Bible um, about um, the secret place and, and, and how different uh, characters in the Bible use the secret place to help them in their lives. We looked at Abraham, uh, and the fact that, you know, he sacrificed his son and he was given a, 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 a word from the Lord that he will have a son. And the Lord blessed him and, and he received the son. And we'll, we'll go a bit more into that later. We looked at Daniel. Um, as we know, Daniel famously for um, being protected by God in the lion's den. The Lord used Daniel and protected him. But Daniel beforehand spent time in prayer, spent time in a secret place, speaking to God about his life. And through that, God protected him. And the example in, in, um, when he was in the lion's den is one example of how God protected Daniel himself. And then we look to Jesus himself. Jesus, the Bible says that regularly Jesus took himself away from the crowd and spent time with his father, speaking and communing with him, listening to him, finding out what the Lord had to say about his life and his next step, what he had to do. So these are all examples of the secret place uh, and, and those in the Bible that have used it. Now, I said that the answers to your situation, whatever you're facing in your life, the answers are waiting for you in the secret place of prayer. Now, I said before, the secret place has so many different terminologies in the Bible. I mentioned that um, when Jesus took himself away from his disciples to spend time with the Lord, the Bible talk, uh, referred to it as a solitary place. But there's other terminologies such as the God place, the hiding place, a place of refuge, a fortress a safe place, etc. But for the purposes of this word, I'm, going to ref I'm just going to keep the terminology of the secret place. So what is the secret place? Again, I'll remind you what I said. I said the secret place is simply you deliberately taking yourself away from people and having consistent, regular one-to-ones in prayer 
with your heavenly father and it involves whilst you're in that, that place of, of separation it's just you and god it involves talking and listening you're talking you're pouring your heart out to the lord but you're also listening what the lord has to say to you now the secret place really is anywhere in any particular moment it's wherever you choose to be um, wherever you choose to to take yourself in order to hear and to receive from god so it could be in your car, it could be when you're in your bed, when you wake up, it could be in the toilet, it could be on a park bench, it could be in your garden, it could be in an alleyway, wherever. However, the secret place isn't so much the place, and I didn't say this last time, but I'll say this, it's not so much the place, but it's you deliberately choosing to involve God in different parts of your life, and you're doing it habitually, you're doing it daily, you're doing it consistently. So when you wake up, you're spending time. In your car, you're spending time. When you go to the toilet, you're having a shower, whatever, you're spending time. You're committing and you're involving God in different parts of your life in prayer. So you're speaking to him, but you're also listening to what God has to say. And as I say to you, the key is that it's habitual, it's daily, and it's consistent. And really, that is the very essence of the secret place because it's really, it's an extension of your relationship with your Heavenly Father. All right, so... I want to go straight into, um, well, before I go straight into where I left off, I'll kind of do another a, a slight recap again. So what I, what I said last time is that there were nine blessings that flow from the secret place. And I, I think I, I finished on, on four of those blessings and I'll continue from the fifth one. But by, again, by way of week recap, I want to go into the first four that I mentioned. So nine blessings that flow from you spending time with god in a secret place first one i mentioned was that you will have access to information that will change your life when you go into the secret place god is waiting to download information on, on um, into you and um, to you that will completely change your life i use the example of abraham which i mentioned before as we know in the in the story of abraham abraham was believing to have a child he wasn't able to for a number of years he came to a certain age around um 100 or so God gave him a word and said to him, you are going to have a son. You're going to have a child. And we know that at the age of 100, that he actually had a child and his wife was 90. So this was an absolute miracle. And I mentioned this the last time, but what I felt to mention, which is a very important point about this, was that God gave Abraham this word. But when God gave Abraham the word, he didn't receive his son straight away. Abraham had to wait. He had to trust God and he had to wait in the meantime, following the word that he was given. Now, the challenge that we face when we receive any kind of word from God or, or some kind of encouragement that it may seem is that we have to exercise patience. This is, I refer to patience as being a deal breaker. A deal breaker, a deal breaker is something whereby if you have a negotiation with someone about anything and they throw in something that you think is a bit much, it's like you end the negotiation, like forget it, I, I can't take it anymore. And patience can be a deal breaker. God can say to you, my son, my daughter, I'm going to give you this. But then they say, but you have to wait 10 years for it. For some of us, when we hear 10 years, it's like, forget it, I'm not waiting 10 years. So you would do whatever you need to do in order to, to get what you feel that you need, rather than waiting the 10 years. Because patience is something that a lot of us don't like to, 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 uh, have to exhibit or have to do it's a difficult thing to be patient but it's also one of the fruits of the spirit patience 
So with Abraham, we know that he received this word, but he waited for God. And he waited up until he was 100 years old. And we know that he received the blessing from God. Now with us, how many of us are willing to be patient and wait for what it is, whatever it is that God is speaking to us about? Are we willing to wait? You have to ask yourself that question. Are you willing to wait for whatever it is that God is speaking to you about in your life? The things that he wants to give to you. And my prayer is that as you receive and hear this word, that the fruit of patience will uprise within you. That whatever it is that God is saying to you or wants to say to you when you spend time in, his, in the secret place, that you will have the, the spirit of patience to wait for whatever it is that God had to store for you and that you receive the blessing that God had for you. Many of you, there are things that God wants to present to you. He wants to give them to you. But the issue is, are you willing to wait for it? My prayer is that you will wait for whatever it is that God is wanting to give to you in your life. And as you wait and as you exercise patience, God will bless and keep you up until the very time when you receive that very thing in Jesus' name. So hold on, hold on and do not allow impatience to short circuit what God had in store for you. The second thing I mentioned, second blessing that stems from um, the secret place is that you receive unparalleled encouragement. I spoke about the fact that at times discouragement is, is ripe in our lives. Many of us are discouraged in many different ways. You know, however, the Bible says seven times that a righteous man falls and seven times he should rise up again. God doesn't want us to stay down. But in the secret place, God wants to encourage us and remind us that even though we may be knocked by things in life, that God will give us the strength and the grace to stand up and keep going. Third blessing that comes from the secret place I mentioned was that you receive vision and foresight. You see vision and foresight. I mentioned here that when Jesus died on the cross, or before he died on the cross, he was given a vision. He knew, or a mission, he knew that his mission was to die on the cross. So everything that he did was tailored towards dying on the cross and um, preparing him in order to die on the cross. So the same with us. Is that anything that we have where God has given you a mission or vision with regards to your life, that mission or that vision should control, it should, it should tailor and it should direct you as to where you're going. And the secret place and in the secret place, God is waiting to reveal to you um, the mission and vision for your life. The number four, I spoke about the fourth blessing that comes from the secret place is that you can receive supernatural faith for your situation supernatural faith for your situation we looked at the scripture in mark chapter 9 this scripture related to um uh, a character in the bible who a child in the bible who had a mute spirit he needed deliverance and the bible says that the the father of this uh child wanted to believe god for his healing of his child but he struggled uh to believe god and the bible says that um, he cried out to God, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. You know, and sometimes we are in that situation where we want to believe God for something, but yet there's unbelief in our hearts. And that unbelief can stop us from getting to know or getting to receive the thing that God had in store for us. 
Again, what I thought to mention before is that faith really is the key to get God to respond to your answers, to your prayers in the secret place. We need to exercise faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, I'm without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You know, we have a promise from God in that scripture that we will be rewarded where we seek God with a pure and a sincere heart. You know, God wants to bring us to a place where we have total trust in him. We totally believe in him or whatever is happening in our lives. And I mentioned before that when um, Olu shared this word on faith, he reminded us that when it comes to faith, either you have faith or you don't. And it's important for us to recognize the areas in our life where we don't have faith for whatever reason. And allow the Lord to increase your faith when it comes to the things in your life. But it's the secret place where God will develop your faith. But you have to take yourself, separate yourself from different ones and allow the Lord to increase your faith, to stir up your faith. Where you look at something and you doubt it, you thought this thing, I, I can't receive this thing. Other people may be, but for me, I just don't think I can have it. God wants to change your mindset whereby you have total confidence that whatever it is that's on your heart that you feel that God wants you to have, that you will receive it by faith. And as you go into the secret place, God will increase your faith to a position of maybe unbelief, to a position of total belief and faith. So now I'm going to continue from where I left off. So this will be the fifth blessing that stems from the secret place. So number five is that you can receive healing physically and emotionally. In the secret place, you can receive healing physically and emotionally. Look at this scripture, Proverbs chapter three, reading from verse seven to eight. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will receive healing for your body and strength for your bones. You know, most of us are familiar with the uh, Bible story in, in, uh, with regards to the woman with the issue of blood. The Bible says that, uh, for those that don't know, that this woman had a condition where she bled continuously for 12 years. Well, let's just quickly read what the scripture says in relation to it. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 9, reading from verse 19 to 22. It says this, so Jesus and the disciples got up and went with him. Just then, a woman who had been suffering for 12 years of constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, or another translation said the hem of his garment. For some thought, for she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Then Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And in that moment, the woman was healed. Now, my view of this story is that there is some background to how this woman arrived on the scene in the location where Jesus was and to why she decided to reach out and touch him. Now, clearly, she was aware that Jesus um, had the ability to heal and she wanted to receive her healing, which was very clear. But the Bible doesn't explain how she arrived on the scene um, and also what made her reach out to touch Jesus. Now, the Bible doesn't share much information about this, 
but I'm convinced that the starting place for this woman was in a secret place, that she spent time, she knew of Jesus, but she took time out and prayed and spoke to the Lord and said, Lord, I want to receive healing. So take me wherever I need to go in order for me to receive healing from the one who can give healing, who is Jesus. So one way or another, this woman had her one-to-one with God. And she received revelation that Jesus would, would, would be the one to heal her. And the Bible said that by faith, that she reached out and touched him. Now, I don't know what was in her heart, but she knew that one way or another, that her healing would only come from Jesus. So by reaching out to him, there was an element of faith that she had that when she touched him, that something would happen. And by touching him, she received her healing, which is an absolute miracle. Now, some of you online, I believe that you're in need of your own healing. It could be physical, it could be emotional. I see the secret place can reveal the key to your healing, but also give you the faith to unlock the healing that God has in store for you. I see, I said before, when I spoke about faith, that God responds to faith. So many people in that portion of scripture that I read about Jesus, so many people were walking on the streets and they were touching him. These are crowded streets. Jesus and his disciples were walking. Probably hundreds of people were trying to touch him for their own reasons. But the Bible says that he responded when this woman touched him because she didn't just touch him in the same way other people touched him. She touched him because her faith was that by touching him, she'll be healed, she'll receive her healing. And that's an amazing thing. But it came from her in the, being in a secret place and believing that an encounter with Jesus would change her life and she'll receive her healing. Because God responds to faith. You see, sometimes, and this is, a, I'm just kind of, um, detour slightly on, on, on this point sometimes sickness can come through sin and in the secret place again the holy spirit can convict you of sin in your life in order for you to receive the healing that god wants you to have now for example it could be unforgiveness which is one of the most common forms uh, or common reasons or sources of sickness um, in people's bodies now as we know today's father's day and for, for some people, Father's Day is a difficult day because the relationship that, that uh, they had with their father has not been great for whatever reason. To such an extent that there are battles with unforgiveness. And some of you online may be even experiencing such a thing. And if that is you, God wants to set you free from unforgiveness. For others, you may be struggling with unforgiveness towards other people generally. And you may think in your, in your heart, in your mind, that, you know what, I can't really let this go. But I want to encourage you, you can let it go. And you will let it go because your breakthrough is waiting for you in the secret place when you spend time with the Father. For others, you may be struggling with some kind of health issue. And again, you may struggle to believe that you can be healed. So if any of the above situations relate to you, 
very quickly, I want to just, I just want to pray with you right now. If you have any form of physical healing that you need, just put your hand on your body, any particular part of your body where um, you need healing. I want to pray with you. If it's emotional healing, let's say there's any kind of mental uh, um, issues that you may struggle with, place your hand on your head or on your heart. And I want to pray with you. And also the same issue with unforgiveness. Just put your hand on your heart and I want to pray with you. Father, you see these ones right now. Lord, I pray that as they are laying their hands as a symbolic gesture towards you, O God, on their body. Father, I speak your divine healing. I decree your healing right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you'll restore their body, that you'll restore every ailment. I pray, O God, that, Lord, that you will release total healing in their body. I also come against any spirit of unforgiveness. Any stronghold of unforgiveness, I break and I destroy it right now. Lord, as they lay hands and as I pray and I agree with them. Father, release your healing. Release forgiveness. Release peace. Release total healing in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you because you have heard us and it is done. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. To so receive your healing. You have been set free in Jesus' name. Amen. The sixth blessing that stems from the secret place is this, is that you can change the heart of people towards you and receive favor. You know, one person could be the difference between progress and no progress. It could be a meeting with your doctor about your health. It could be uh, an interview that's coming up for a job. It could be your appraisal at work. It could be your boss. It could even be an encounter with the police. Now I'm saying that to say that, uh, you know, we all know what happened with George, George Floyd. The encounter that he had with that policeman, I've forgotten his name, was, that was the difference between staying alive or dying. But one encounter with a person can completely change your life and be the difference between progress or no progress. Look at this scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3 to 4. It says, never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Now, this scripture explains how loyalty and kindness lead to receiving favor from not just God, but also from man. You know, sometimes, and personally for me, it can be hard to be loyal if people let you down. You know, at times that, that's how it is. Um, especially people are disrespecting you for whatever way. To demonstrate loyalty and kindness in that respect can be difficult. But if you want to be more loyal and kind, then again, you have to bring yourself before the Lord and allow him to minister to you and speak to you in these areas. Scripture says that, you know, it's not by power, your own power. It's not by your own might, but it's by your spirit. You know, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to help you, to minister to you in, in, in these areas. And again, it's taking time in the secret place, the hiding place. Bringing these things before the Lord and praying for the Lord to favor you with people. 
And as you do so, you will receive divine favor. As I said, just one person can be the difference between progress and no progress. But God wants to favor you. Some of you, you may have meetings that may be coming up with people. God wants to favor you in those meetings. You know, there's, there's a story in the Bible, and I think when, when Lynette shared, she mentioned um, this story about um, uh, Esther in the Bible. Um, as we know, she was a Jew, um, and the Jews were exiled from uh, their, their home for a number of years. And they really, there was a death sentence on them. But whilst they were exiled, the Bible said that Esther, as a Jew, she prayed and she fasted that there'll be an opportunity for the Jews to return to their homeland. And the opportunity came up whereby she had an appointment with the king, King Xerxes. And quite a time, I just quickly kind of summarize. So eventually she met with the king and the Bible spoke about Esther's beauty, that she was a very beautiful woman, etc. But there were other people that uh, the king had initially lined up to, to be, um, to be a queen. Esther wasn't in the equation beforehand to be a queen at all. She just wanted to meet with him to bring a kind of a petition or, or to bring an argument for the Jews to return. But see, God favored her. And the discussion that she went to have with him about returning, uh, the Jews returning to their homeland, ended up in her becoming queen because God used the king to favor her. And in the end, the Jews were all returned and they were blessed and all the potential uh, um, killings that were due to, uh, that could have taken place were averted because God favored her with the king. But again, where did this come from? It came from Esther fasting and praying, spending time in a secret place. And the opportunity that God presented to her with this king changed the whole scope of the Jews in that time. And in the same way, God is waiting for you to bless and to favor you with an encounter that you have with one person. I say it could be an interview, it could be a meeting with your landlord. I don't know who it could be. But God is going is, is waiting to favor you in your situation. And as you meet with whoever that you need to meet with, God will favor you, God will bless you, and God will open up a door for you in the same way that He did with, with Esther. Okay, the seventh blessing that stems from the secret place is that you can receive deliverance. You can receive deliverance. Now, let me explain this. Most of us think of deliverance as uh, an act where someone is possessed by a demon and the demon talks through them and then, you know, they perform, you know, all types of evil until the demon is cast out of them, um, like similar to the film The Exorcist or that, that kind of thing. But to some extent, that's a very extreme form of uh, deliverance, although it's not very common as such. But really the basic definition of deliverance is simply being set free from demonic influences, being set free from demonic influences. Now, if the, the reality is that most of us are exposed to different forms of demonic influences, whether you recognize them or not. I see, let, let, let me explain to you what I mean. 
where a demonic influence has a particular control over your life, you need to be set free. In other words, you need to be delivered. So for example, let's say fear. Fear is a very common uh, uh, um, force that takes place in the lives of, of, of most of us. Now it's common because it's usually hidden or is communicated in, a, in, in such a way by, by those that um, are, are, um, have an issue with fear. It's communicated in such a way um, that it's, it's almost accepted. It becomes commonplace. It's, uh, it's almost like someone's partner uh, as such. You know, when I was younger, I used to watch this uh, series. I'm sure most of you know the series called The Eighteen. You know, and one of my favorite characters in The Eighteen was this was Mr. T, or B.A. Barakas. And the reason why it was my favorite character because you know, strong, he had muscles, jewelry. Um, he had the famous Mohican haircut, etc. And he would beat everybody up. Just you know, he he was really the main the main person to me anyway in 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 the series. But yet yeah, he had an issue that they focused on from time to time, which was that he was scared to fly. He had a fear of flying. And this was an issue with the 18 because they were always flying different places. And even one of their members was a pilot. So the ability for them to fly was an important thing for them. So they would somehow kind of get Mr. T unconscious uh, and then put him on the plane and then they'll go to wherever they need to go to. And then he'll wake up and realize, you know, that he, he was on the plane, etc. But the interesting thing about this is that at no time did, did he ever admit to being scared of flying, never. He never admitted it. Instead of said, or just he'll say, you know, I ain't getting on no plane or whatever it is. But he never admitted that he was scared to fly. See, a lot of us, I think, can relate to that because there are areas of fear in our lives that we don't always admit and it's almost as though we accept it to some extent as a normal way of life. We don't say anything about it to anybody because we don't want to be vulnerable. You know, we're reminded of the scripture in 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. And the same really can be said, not just for fear, but for other uh, situations such as maybe lying or addictions. But the Lord wants to set us free. The Lord doesn't want us to excuse uh, any kind of demonic influence in our lives, whatever the title is. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. And in the secret place, there's an opportunity for you to submit yourself to God. And in the process, Resist every plan of the enemy so you can resist fear. You can resist any addiction. You can resist anything where you know that there's some kind of demonic influence in your life. In the secret place, you can receive your deliverance. So I want to encourage you, especially when we finish this and you, you've got your time with the Lord, go to the secret place. Seek him there and receive deliverance from all and every demonic influence in your life. Okay, quite a time. I want to very quickly go over the last two points and I want to, then I want to pray. The eighth point is that you receive conviction concerning 
your life and the things in your heart. You receive conviction concerning your life and the things in your heart. See, in the secret place, you know, you're, gent you're gently reminded through the Holy Spirit about any areas of sin that may exist in your life. As well as areas that are not necessarily sinful, but areas that you need to work on for whatever reason. So for, so for example, when you spend time in the Lord, you may be convicted or the Lord may just speak to you about maybe that you need to be a better friend to somebody. It's not sinful per se, but it's something that the Lord is highlighting to you. And this is what the Lord does in a secret place. Shows you these type, types of things. You know, salvation at times when we get saved, it may appear to be a decision that we just made, made um, once. But actually, it's, we know it's a lifetime journey. And there are times in this journey when we stumble, when we fall, we have our battles, we have our, our, our struggles. And it's important that when we uh, go through any form of battle or struggle, that we're in a position to bring ourselves before the Lord and ask him to help us. And that's really the essence of church. The church is there to allow us or help us to share in times of failure as well as in times of success. And the secret place really should also be a place where you can share both your successes and also your failures to God. Psalms 32, three to five says, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. <clears throat> my strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my sin is gone. And then this is the psalmist talking about how he unburdened himself before the Lord. He confessed his sin. He confessed things that were going on in his life that he wasn't proud of. And as he did so, he said all his guilt was gone. Secret place will do that to you. You don't have to hide areas in your life that are battles or struggles, but you can present it and bring it before the Lord. First John um, chapter one verse nine it says that if we can, if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to purify us from all unrighteousness. You know, God provides a secret place, a safe place of protection and help where we can easily confess our sins. So I want to encourage you to take yourself to the secret place. If there's any sin in your life, bring it before him, confess your sin and be set free and live a life of liberty. But you have to take yourself to that place and just speak with him and allow the Lord to speak back to you. Okay, the final blessing that stems from the secret place before we pray is that you receive wisdom for every situation you receive wisdom for every situation proverbs 9 10 says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom when we fear the lord wisdom comes when we're talking about this, this definition of fear isn't about being scared of god to the point where you don't want to talk to him or you just run away from him fear is talking about fear being reverence in him, honouring him, respecting him in every situation. 
In other words, <clears throat> you may do something or you may attempt to do something that other people are doing that you know is wrong. But because you fear God, it stops you from doing it. That's what the fear of the Lord, or that's an example of how the fear of the Lord works. So there is human wisdom, but then there's godly wisdom. Human wisdom is defined as you know having skills or experience or good judgment. But godly wisdom, well, with the godly wisdom or wisdom is defined as the correct application of knowledge. But godly wisdom, let me quickly define it. It's in James chapter 3. And I'll read from verse 13 to 18. It says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by their deeds, done in humility, that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter, if you if if you harbor bitter envy and self-ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly and spiritual and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and evil practice. But then verse 17 says this, but the wisdom that comes from the Father is first pure, is peace-loving, is considerate, is submissive, it's full of mercy and good fruits, it's impartial, it's sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. When you, when you demonstrate the wisdom of God, it changes your character. You become humble, you demonstrate good deeds, you are gentle, you're considerate, you're peacemaking, you're merciful, you're sincere, you're impartial. And godly wisdom is available to every one of us at any time in the secret place. See, my time is gone and I want us to pray very quickly. Now, we've heard a lot of things about the secret place and I really want to encourage you, all the stuff that you've heard, to put it into practice, that you will use your time when you wake up, when you're in the shower, whatever you're doing, and just have consistent one-to-ones with him. Speak to him about your life. Involve him. Listen to him when he speaks to you. Make a note of what he's saying to you and action it. By taking a step back, you may be here, you may be joining us, and you may not have a relationship with the Lord. You may not know him, and you want to begin this journey. I want to give an opportunity for you, if that's you. And I want to pray with you. If you're here and you don't know the Lord and you want to develop a relationship with him, I think there's a way that you can um, use, you can wave, I think it is on, on the group chat. If that's you, just uh, wave on the group chat and I want to pray with you. I want to give you an opportunity for you to know the Lord for yourself so that you can experience the blessing of being in a secret place. So I just want to give you a moment. I don't see any hands that have come up, so that's fine. Secondly, I want to pray concerning what I've read or what I've spoken about today about the secret place. And I want to pray for um, those of us who want to make a commitment to establishing a daily consistent time uh, with the Lord in the secret place. If that's you right now, this way you are, just lift your hands and I want to, I want to pray with you that the Lord will help you to develop daily consistent time uh, in a secret place just pray with you now heavenly father i just bring your people before you you see every hand that is raised and i pray that lord that you will help every single one of us every single one of god to develop a daily consistent time of prayer with you speaking to you communing with you 
surrendering every part of our lives before you. Father, you see our heart condition and you see the things happening in our lives. And I pray that as Lord, as you help us to put into action, spending time with you, speaking and communion with you in the secret place, that Lord, every benefit and every blessing that I've spoken about that comes from spending time with you, I pray that every person will receive it and deliver it in the name of Jesus. So I pray that you will touch them afresh and in you today and cause us, oh God, to have a daily time, oh God, of intimacy in the secret place with you. Strengthen and touch your people. I pray your blessing and a favor to be released upon them, oh God, in whatever situation they are in, that your spirit be with them and that, Lord, everything that they need, oh God, from you, may they receive it in the secret place, oh God. So we thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.